Okay, so, uh, you know, we've been learning from the Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef for uh, a while already, and uh, we sort of veered off a little bit, <laughs> took, a, took a turn at some point, can't remember when, we were talking about, uh, from the Sefer Toldos Yaakov Yosef, we went off to talk about the sugi, the concept of the tzaddik, of the tzaddik, the tzaddikis, their relationship to the rest of the Jewish people, their function, what their purpose is, what their mission is, and so... Uh, there's a certain aspect of, of that uh, relationship between the tzaddik and Kal Yisrael that uh, I don't know if I've ever really spoken about it. It's Kedai, it's Kedai to speak about. It's uh, like a missing piece of the puzzle. Let me explain. Let's just get a little bit of a, you know, to get back into the concept. What we talked about um, a number of weeks ago already was, is that the, the tzaddik in order to be mashpia, in order to uplift people that he's speaking to or people that he's not speaking to. He has to create a bond between him, between his neshama. There has to be a bond between him and the people around him. There has to be the bond between the tzaddik and Klal Yisrael. And we explained again in detail that for that bond to take place, you sort of have two options. Either the tzaddik literally has to find some common ground between him and the people that he wants to uplift, so again, the example we were giving, let's say the people that he's trying to uplift, he, they're struggling with Shabbos, and he wants to uplift them with Shabbos. So he has to create a common ground between him and them, spiritually speaking. And, the way, then, and one way to do that is by finding some deficiency in his personal Shabbos. And then when he speaks to them, or he thinks about them, davens for them, about Shabbos, he's really davening for himself. And he's davening about himself, talking to himself, and that union that's made between him and them in terms of both of the, everyone, including himself, lacking in Shabbos, that makes that union. And then when he picks himself up, they come along with him. That's one option. The other option that we were talking about is the tzaddik that's considered to be the heart of the generation. And such a person has automatically a commonality, automatically a bond with the rest of the Jewish people, uh, regardless of whether or not you could pinpoint to something in his life and say, oh, that's where they have a commonality. The, the essence of who the tzaddik is, is that he is, he is the, the soul through which life force itself emanates to the rest of the Jewish people. So it's not a matter of finding a particular point in which they share, share a common ground. The, the essence of the tzaddik is someone through which godliness emanates to the rest of the Jewish people. He's the heart of the body. And every limb shares a connection to the heart, even if, uh, you know, a lung and kidneys, their functions are different. So for them to be connected, they have to find a commonality. The, heart, the entire function of the heart is to give life to every limb. So the tzaddik, that's the heart, automatically has a connection to every single Jew, regardless of whether or not they have a commonality or not. Right, that's what we were talked about different than that. Yeah, fine, we talked about, um, again, the kind Godel versus the king, and uh, different things like this, and how the tzaddik has a responsibility of seeing the rest of the Jewish people as this big body, and his responsibility is to see each Jew as a limb that he's trying to enliven. And we talked about the responsibility of every Jew to allow themselves to be connected to the heart by having simcha. Right, these are the sugas we talked about. Now, but one question sort of will come up from all of this, not, not a question, but an observation that you can make from all of this is that at the end of the day, if this is what's going on in terms of the relationship between the tzaddik and the rest of the world, again, whether it's a tzaddik mamish, that's the heart, or even uh, not so great, but uh, he's trying to uplift their Shabbos, so he finds a, a chassar and a deficiency in his Shabbos. Either way, the idea being that there's a yichud, there's a bond that's taking place between the mashpia, between the rav, the rebbe, the mora, the rosh Shiva, you name it, the rabbit's in between that person and the ones that he or she is trying to uplift. So you would think, and this would make sense, is that therefore the words that are said and the types of the types of um, um, the, the type the environment in which that union is able to take place should be an environment that's all about love and closeness. And and, and there's and there's certainly a lot of truth to that. So this whole discussion started because the Talmud Yaakov Yosef was writing a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things that he wrote was anti the old style of Magidim. 
what a Magid was in those days was that people would go around, it was a certain business, it was a, it was a Parnassa, they would go from town to town, and they would be not just lecturers, these were, uh, these were people that were hired from city to city to give shmuzin, to give uh, Moser shmuzin to the people. And B'derach Klal, generally speaking, these Magidim were all fire and brimstone, it was all just instilling fear and uh, just, just yelling and screaming at the people, you know, sprinkling a lot of chazals and gematrias and making it fancy, and people would pay money to uh, to hear this. That was, uh, you know, that's what you did on Saturday night in Munkach in uh, 1742, you know, that's what you would do. So uh, that's what it was. And, and that way of the Magid, of the old Magid, which was just to pound on people and to talk about how deficient they were and to make people feel low and and to bring dinim even, to judgment, to judge people and so on in that harsh way, that was something that Hasidus B'derach Kla was very much opposed to. Why? Again, it falls with this, with this mindset. If the, if the approach is that, that the Magid, his Shabbos is perfect, your Shabbos is broken, and he's trying to fix you, then yeah, it makes sense sometimes to tell this guy, you don't fix your Shabbos, you're going to hell. You're not going to sugarcoat it. But if the idea, the way, the, the real approach with Chassidus is to make a yichud, that it's not, a, of course the objective is to raise your Shabbos up, but how do I raise your Shabbos? Not by yelling and screaming at you, but by bonding my soul with your soul, by me finding my own personal deficiency in Shabbos, and then we're talking to each other about Shabbos, and automatically the type of conversation will be much more benachas, it'll be with love, it'll be with hiskarvus, because I don't want to yell at myself. When I talk to myself, I want to talk to myself. If, uh, I, want to be, I, want to, I want to encourage myself. So if I'm talking to myself through you, then of course the words are going to be more encouraging than, than judgmental. Okay, that's, and that's certainly true with Derek Klaw. But this is where, like the missing piece that we have to discuss. We do find, however, that even within the world of Pneumius, there is room, there is a place, and a major place, for Tzadikim speaking harshly against, uh, towards those that they're trying to uplift. So as you do find this, uh, this quality of even, even tzaddikim pinimim, we're going to talk about tzaddikim that are within the world of chassidus, but speaking harshly, this idea of, 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 of the bond between the nesham of the tzaddik and the nesham of the people around him, not being undermined by words of, by shtark, by shtark, but sometimes that's how the relationship that, that's how the yichud has to express itself by the tzaddik being shtark. This is what we're going to be investigating tonight. What is the role of, I'm not, not, I'm not saying we should do this, but the role of uh, where we find tzaddikim speaking very harshly and speaking very stark in that strong way of what, what's, what reminds us of that old way before the Baal Shem Tov, how do we put that in perspective within Hasidus? Is there room for that? What's happening when that takes place? Okay, so let's begin like this. In, in the page that you have in front of you, so there's two sides to it, okay? So the, the, let's start with the side that has the, uh, the numbered Marmukimus, okay? So let's start like this. In Marmukim number one, there's a famous Gemara in Brachas, okay? Lamed Heim The Gemara says like this. Again, we'll run through it because it's, uh, it's a well known Gemara. The Gemara says, Tanar Abban, the rabbis taught. V'yisavta de Ganecha. Oh, you have an extra copy here. V'yisavta de Ganecha. It says in Kriyishma that Hashem says, Yikiva mitzvahs and so on, then there'll be rain and, and produce, and you'll be able to gather in the produce. You'll be able to have a good harvest. Smat Tamalaymer. So it says the Brysa, uh, what exactly is that Pasuk telling us? So it says the Gemara, Lefish and Emmer, we have another Pasuk regarding the mitzvah of Talmud Tyra. Lo Yalmish Sefer Tara Zemipicha, that it says in Pasuk that the words of Torah should never leave your lips, never leave your mouth, you should always be learning. So Yachal Tavarm Kiksavim. So says the Gemara, so you might think, that the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is taka like that, that you have to be always learning, always learning. So Talmud Lomer ve'yisavta de'genecha. So therefore we have the Pasuk that says, no, 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 that Hashem wants you to bring in the harvest. In other words, he's assuming that you're, that you're a farmer, that you're working for a living. So therefore the way we put these two Pesukim together, which again, one Pasuk says that you should bring in the harvest. In other words, the connotation being that you're, that you're working. And the other Pasuk which says you should always be learning. So therefore, the, the, the solution is Hanig Behaminik Darecheretz Div Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel famously says it means that you should learn, but you should learn when you're able to. In other words, you have to you have to function like a human being. Hanig Behaminik Darecheretz means you work, and when you're not uh, working, that's when you learn. That's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shem Ben Yichai Oimer Rabbi Shem Ben Yichai said, "Efshar Adam Chayish B'Shas Charisha." 
Is it possible that a person should plow when it's plowing season? And plant when it's planting season. And cut when it's cutting season. And thresh when it's, thr- when it's the time for threshing. And winnow when there's wind. So what's going to be with Torah? So you understand you're going to find sometime minutes here and there. But that's not uh, what's going to be with Torah. Ella, therefore, says Rishon Baruchai, no. Bizman she Yisrael Eisim Rishon When the Jewish people are doing right, then Malachta Nasasai Dechem. Then the Rabbanu Shalom will make the work be done by others. Shneimri quotes the pasuk. Bizman she Ein Yisrael Eisim Rishon When we're not doing what's right, then Malachta Nasasai Yatsman. Then you have no choice but to do it yourself. Shneimri v'yasad the Ganecha. Okay, he goes on. Last last line. Amar Abaya. Abaya said, Har Many tried like Rabbi Shmuel to work, but uh, you know, and, and when you're able to, you learn. and they had atzlacha. Those that many tried like Rabbi Shmuel, they weren't able to live up to that to that level of Rabbi Shmuel. That's the that's the gemara. Okay, so in other words, what we see from here is that Rabbi Shmuel is telling us, Rabbi Shmuel, that the way the mitzvah Talmud Torah is. Talmud Torah means that a person should really be learning all day long. Really be learning all day long. The fact that you that it seems to us that we can't handle that, and the fact that Lamaisa we have to go work to make a living, that's all because we're not living up to uh, to what we should be. It's like we're, we're not doing God's will. We're not doing God's will. That's that's Rishon Baruchai. Because of this opinion of Rishon Baruchai, it's well known that the Maisa is right when he was in the cave for 12, 13 years. Right, he comes out of the cave after 12 years and so on, and him and his son, Rav Lazar, and they go around, they're seeing people living normal lives, they see people threshing and plowing, and they come out with such a fire, and they say, they're neglecting eternal life, and engaging in temporal life, and they were mamish upset by this, and wherever they put their eyes, the place became consumed with fire, they're just destroying things. And even after, again, a heavenly voice comes out and says, go back to the cave, and they come back down, and they, they sort of like, they're eased, they're, they're eased down. But this, but this idea for Rishim Baruchai, what we're seeing is, that Rishim Baruchai, again, his shita was, that Torah has to be all day long, and if a person isn't able to do that, that's on you, that's on you. It means that you're not living up to Ritzayin Shalmokim, you're not doing what God wants. And, ab- and that's really an abaya, the last statement of the Gemara that we saw, in the first uh, piece, Abai is also saying that. Abai is saying that really the way to do it is like Rishon Baruchai. No, many people try to do it. They, they, they can't hold on to that. It's a, it's a high standard. But Lamai said that's the standard. That's the standard. Okay, what's interesting is, is that if you take a look at Marmok and number two, there's a Gemara Menachas. Okay? The Gemara Menachas, Sadi Tesimadez, also brings a statement from Rishon Baruchai regarding the Mitzvah Talmud Torah. And it's very different than the feeling and the impression that you get from what we just saw in the first source. Am Rabbi Yochanan of Hashem Rishon Baruchai. Rabbi Yochanan said the name of Hashem Baruchai. I feel like Kara Adam El Kriyish Mashachres Va'arvis. Even if a person only just says Shema, which he's going to do by davening, you say Shema in the morning by Shachres, and you say Shema at night by Ma'ariv. Kaim Lo Yomush. That's enough to fulfill the mitzvah of learning day and night. That's what he says. No, in other words, that same pasuk which Rav Shimbaichai in the Gemara Brachas said, that the Torah should not leave your, your your mouth. So what does that mean to not leave your mouth? So Rav Shimbaichai in the Gemara Brachas is recorded to say that it means that you have to be learning all day long. And when and Rav Shimbaichai went with that approach, and that's what he talked about. That's what he. That's the, that was his. That's how he dealt with people, and even people that weren't living in such a standard. And you can't blame them for it because, uh, you know, it's very difficult to live up to that. Rishim Reichai had a taina. And he would, he would say to them that you're not doing Ritzan HaShem You're not doing God's will. God wants you to be able to learn all day long. And if you're not doing that, that that's your problem. So much so that, like, when he came out of the cave, literally everywhere that he sees people not living up to that standard is catching on fire. Yet, what's amazing is, behind closed doors, behind closed doors, says the Rishim Reichai in Menachas, that... Tech, really, the truth is that if a person just davens shachris and davens Mayrev, and you say Krishma and shachris or Krishma and Mayrev, Krishma is Torah. It's Psukim. That's enough to be Yitzhak your Mitzvah Talmud Torah. Technically, you're fine. It says Rishim Reichai, the Dover Zeh Oyser Lo Oymer But you're not allowed to say that 
in front of uh, ignorant people. You're not allowed to say that. That's what Rishon Reichai said. Rabbi Yochanan, the name of Rishon Reichai. V'rova Amar, says the Gemara Menachas, Rava said, Adrava, mitzvah omer thinawers, Adrava, no, no, you don't keep this as a secret. You have to, there's a mitzvah to tell people like this, that they shouldn't feel it. They're mamish, uh, uh, you know, uh, that, they're, that they're nobodies, that they're being rejected, that they're being pushed away, that they're living a life where they're never fulfilling the mitzvah Talmud Torah. You have to tell them that they're taka makai the mitzvah by saying kriyish in the morning and kriyish in the evening. So let, let, let's try to figure this out for a second. Well, there's a number of points that, uh, you know, there's a number of problems, I guess, that arise with these two statements of Roshim Reichai that seem to be, can, conflict with each other. Again, Roshim Reichai Meseches Brachas, the official statement, the official, uh, uh, you know, public relations statement of Roshim Reichai is, Torah has to be 24-7. And if you're not learning Torah 24-7, then you're a Noisvarv. You're not fulfilling the mitzvah Talmud Torah. You're you're not you. You're officially labeled as someone that's not doing God's will. And if Rosh Hashanah had his way, your whole farm would be consumed in fire. That's Rosh Hashanah and Meanwhile, that's the official statement. Behind closed doors, Rosh Hashanah we have this, and it's not even Rosh Hashanah himself. This is Rabbi Yechanan in the name of Rosh Hashanah. In other words, like this was like a secret statement that's found its way to Rabbi Yechanan. Says Rosh Hashanah the truth is everyone's fine. The truth is everyone's fine. You say shachris in the morning, you say shachris at night, you said Kriyashma twice a day, that's Tamatar, you're fine. But says Rishim Reichai, but don't tell anyone that. Don't tell anyone that. What I want everyone to feel, says Rishimin, is I want everyone to feel like completely rejected. I want everyone to feel, not rejected is the wrong word, I want everyone to feel guilty. I want everyone to feel guilty. Says Rav, no, 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 Adarav, no, you have to tell people that they're fulfilling the mitzvah. They shouldn't feel good, they should feel, they should feel connected to Tamatar. Question number one, what, what's going on over here? Why is Roshim Baruchai behind closed doors, mamish in love with everyone, and finding only good for people, and uh, only seeing the positive, and even the most ignorant Jew, at least he's saying Kriyishma twice a day, and Roshim Baruchai is able to come up with this halacha, that by saying Kriyishma twice a day, you're fulfilling the mitzvah Talmud Torah, you're good to go. And yet in the public sphere, Roshim Baruchai is saying, he says, don't tell that to anyone, in the public sphere, he's mamish like, like, like upset, and you could you could feel from Shemrichai his eyes, like um, the, the the eyes of of uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, not, not like dinim, but uh, like 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 you could do better, you know? Like, come on, you know? That's the eyes of Shemrichai. So that one question is why is why is he doing that? And second of all, this is more of a technical issue, which is, again, in the Gemara Menachis, when Rabbi Yochanan quoted Rishim Reichai behind closed doors, saying that really everyone's Yaitzi Talmud Torah by saying Krishma twice a day, but don't tell anyone that, Rava disagrees, right? Rava says, no, 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 it's a mitzvah to tell people. How could Rava disagree with Rishim Reichai? It doesn't, doesn't work like that. Rishim Reichai is a Tana, and Rava is an Amaira. Okay, so you could say that maybe... It, that last part of don't tell this to people wasn't Rishon Baruchai. Maybe that was just Rabbi Yechonah, right? Because it was Rabbi Yechonah named Rishon Baruchai. So maybe the first part, which is that everyone's yaitzay, really is Rishon Baruchai, and Rabbi Yechonah is the one that says, you know, don't tell anyone that because uh, they might abuse it or whatever. And then Rav is disagreeing with Rabbi Yechonah, which is a little bit easier to swallow. The, the problem is even that is not so simple. Uh, for Rava to disagree with Rabbi Yechanan, even though, again, they're both technically Amarayim, Rabbi Yechanan is considered to be a very early Amaira. Usually with Rabbi Yechanan, the only ones that we find disagreeing with him are also early Amarayim. Rav, Shmuel, Rav Chia, you'll have people like that. A much later Amaira, like Rava, very unlikely for him to disagree with Rabbi Yechanan also. So this is also more of a technical issue of why would Rava disagree. For sure he's not going to disagree with Rosh Hashanah and even Rabbi Yechanan, it's unlikely for him to disagree with Rabbi Yechanan. So that's also something we have to think about. Okay, so... And, and by the way, another issue is, besides there being this, like, stira, this contradiction between Rishim Baruchai, that Rishim Baruchai in the public arena is, you know, looking at Jews that are not learning 24 hours a day and making them feel guilty for it, and, like, purposefully going out of his way to not reveal the real truth in order to make them feel guilty, in order to make them feel like they're not living up to the standard of what Torah demands of them. 
Not, besides the fact that it's just a funny thing that, you know, that he's not saying what he really believes to be the truth, this doesn't really jive with who we think Rosh Hashem is, right? I, I, how many times, you know, I talk about Rosh Hashem a lot, and invariably, you know, every other time I speak about him, someone's going to ask me the question, yeah, but what about the Gemara Brachas? He's coming out and burning farms. Like, it's not, you know, Rosh Hashem in the Zohar says, Anan that my entire Indian is loving Yidin. My entire Indian is loving Yidin. So that maybe fits with what Rosh Hashem says behind closed doors. That really every single year has been kind of the mitzvah Talmud Torah by St. Kriyishma, they're good to go, they're connected to Torah, they shouldn't feel guilty, it's fine. But, so, so, but if that's true, why is Rav Shimon on the outside being so, um, uh, you know, why is he expressing this, this din, this judgment, and why is he, why is he, why is he bringing dinim on people? It's like the opposite of Rav Shimon is about. Okay. So let's take a look at Marmog number three. This is again. So what we're gonna what we're gonna learn tonight is not necessarily halachah l'maisa. Okay, this is something we're gonna leave it to the Rosh Hashanah of the world. But there is an idea of a tzaddik knowing that on this person there are certain prosecutions, there are certain dinim, there are certain judgments, there are certain difficulties that are hanging over this person's head, and and as we'll see soon. Very often the tzaddik will intuitively know, divine inspiration, however you want to call it, the tzaddik will know that in order to alleviate the judgment, the, the, the prosecution that's hanging, hanging over this guy's head, the only way for me to do it is to give him a little slap. And if I can give him a little tsaris in this world, that's not as difficult as the tsaris that are hanging over this guy, that it's a way of pottering him from having the difficulties that might be waiting for him in this world or the next. Take a look at Marmokka number three. This is Zoyer and Parsha's Vayeshev, okay? It's actually relevant to our Parsha. This is Parsha, Parsha's Vayechi. Yaakov Vino gives brachas to the Shvatim, right? But what's interesting is, is that although he's giving brachas, the, what he says to Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi does not seem like brachas, right? Ruvain, he, he seems to curse Ruvain. He seems to curse Shimon and Levi. And so much so that uh, Rashi brings down from Chazal that when it got to Yehuda's turn, Yehuda was like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, I'd rather... You know, he's, he's trying to get out of there. And Yaakovinu is Makarvinu, no, no, no. Yehuda, Atiduchacha. Yehuda, you know, I'm going, to say, I'm going to say blessings. So this is a Pella. It's a Pella. He's blessing the, all of his children, but he seems to curse Reuven Shimon Levi. So the Zoyer and Parshish writes the following thing Is Rugza, the Is Rugza. There's anger, and there's anger. There's two different types of anger. There's two different types of, of, of dinim, of uh, yelling and screaming that one person can do for another. Is rugza, there is one type of anger. There's one type of roiges, one type of, of uh, what's the word? Uh, anger, whatever, that, that one person will display towards another. Which in truth is a big bracha. It's a big bracha. And that's really a blessing. The isrugza, however, there's another type of anger, there's another type of, uh, of din, of ju- being judgmental and yelling and screaming that one person will, 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 will show to another. Which is taka curse. In other words, there is such a phenomenon, and again, that's what I'm saying, it's not for us to, dis- to try to do this necessarily, although we'll see there are situations where we have to, I'll, I'll explain soon. But when a tzaddik, very often when a tzaddik sees on another Jew that there is, there, there, there's something hanging over his head or her head, or there's a blockage stopping brachas to come to that person's life, then, and the tzaddik very often will try the best he can to just bring chesed to the person's life. And the way the tzaddik will try to bring chesed to the person's life is by saying words that are encouraging and trying to be mechazik the guy and being down the kaf schos and uh, putting your hand over the guy's shoulder. And all these things are not just physical things that the tzaddik might do. That's a way of bonding. Again, it's all about bonding the neshama of the tzaddik with the people that he's trying to uplift. But there's one way through that bond. One way is to try to bring chesed to that person's life. But the other way is that the tzaddik feels, for whatever the reason, it's not working, that, that path. There's a blockage. It's not, you know, the chesed that you want to bring to that person's life is not big enough to overwhelm the prosecution. Then very often the tzaddik will do is yell and scream. The tzaddik will, will say something harsh, and the tzaddik maybe even physically will will uh, we have stories like this where the tzaddik will will physically do something to you know to bump the guy to give him a little slap and so on. 
And by doing so, that's another way of the tzaddik getting rid of those dinim. Where he's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, we have this idea, again, it, these are big ideas and they're hard to explain. But we do find this idea in Torah of a sarla zazel, right? What's, what's the sarla zazel? On Yom Kippur, you want to bring karbonas to the Rabbanu Shalom, but one of the goats that you send, you, you know, with all the averis of the Jewish people on its head, you, you know, you, you knock it off the cliff and by the time it gets to the bottom, it's ready in pieces. The sarla zazel. In the Kisviari, by the Mekubal and the Zarakalish, we find that the concept of the sarla zazel is, you have, you know, that, that when, if the Jewish people are guilty of many Averis, so you got to give the devil its due, so to speak, as they say. In other words, those dinim, those prosecu- prosecutions, the judgments, uh, you know, the, the, the difficulties that are hanging over the Jewish people because of our Averis, you got to give it an expression, you got to give it an out. Otherwise, you can't all, it's, some, it's best, obviously, if we could just overwhelm it with chesed. But sometimes the dinim are too powerful and too, and too intense to just be overwhelmed with chesed. They have to be given expression, or you've you got to give it something. And once you throw, you know, it's like, uh, it's like in the cartoons or whatever, and the guy's being chased by a dog, so you, what the dog wants is to, to eat that guy. But instead of that, so you uh, invariably have a T-bone steak in your back pocket, so you take it out, and you throw it to the dog, and the dog is distracted and runs to the T-bone steak, right? I, it's, it's a shaita. The dog can get much more of a tea, much more meat, you know, if, they, if, they, if it kept on running and attacked that guy. But that's the way of the dog. You give it a little bit of an easy thing, it gets an expression. So now the dog's uh, aggression is taken off on the T bone steak, and you're scot free. That's what a sarla zazel is also on some level. There's a lot of dinam on Kla Yisrael, and the tzaddik, the kain gadol, is doing everything he can in your kipper to be poil rachemem, to bring chesed to the world. But what about those judgments? So you got to throw a T-bone steak to the, to the, to the Sitra Acher. So that's, on a national level, that's what a Sir Lazuzel is. And sometimes Sadiqim have to do that by making this Jew feel a little bit guilty or making this Jew, giving this guy a little uh, slap in the face. Now, there, there's, there's many stories like this that we have. Um, yeah, here, take a look at uh, the other side of the page that you have. So these are two, these are, these are two stories that we find in this farm. There were... There were tzaddikim. There were tzaddikim that were known to do this. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, if you, if you take you know before we get to the stories, I'm sorry. Before we get to the stories, take a look at Marmok number four. It'll just uh, sum up what we're talking about. So I'm sorry. Noim Melech and Parshas Truma. It's part of a much longer Torah of the Noim Melech over there, but just a couple lines. The Rebbe writes, "Al shnei mini, al shnei madregas tzaddikim." He, the, way, the way the Rebbe Melch is breaking it down is if there's like two different types of tzaddikim. Again, it doesn't have to be two different people, or two different modes that a tzaddik can be involved in. Al shnei madregas tzaddikim. There's two different types of tzaddikim, two different uh, ways. The yesh tzaddik over Hashem isparach, menu'urav. There's one type of tzaddik that serves Hashem from the time that he's young. Umam shech tamid chasadim. And the way of this, this tzaddik is he's focused on bringing chesed to the world. Bringing chesed to the world. And how does he do that? And again, it's not just about bringing chesed to himself. It's about bringing chesed to all of Kala Yisrael. Because the tzaddik, again, his, he sees his neshama as bound with everyone else. So the more he can bring chesed to his own personal life, the more chesed automatically will flow to everyone else. This is a tzaddik, by the way, where you find that, uh, that by many tzaddikim, there was a big avoida of eating a lot of food. So it's interesting, within, within the chatserim, within the courts of chassidus, you would have different approaches. Some tzaddikim were very into fasting and self-affliction and barely eating anything, right? And then you have other tzaddikim, that uh, Adarabha, their avoida was to eat a lot, was to eat a lot. And there was different approaches. What's the explanation? So this is how it's broken down. Those tzaddikim that are, old tzaddikim are trying to bring parnasa to Klai So They're all trying to bring chef of parnasa. They're all trying to bring more food to the Jewish people. But how do you do that? So one approach is by bringing parnasa, by bringing food to themselves, right? And again, it's not just themselves. They're seeing them, whatever they're doing for themselves that's what they're trying to extrapolate to the Jewish people. So this tzaddik is going to appreciate food. He's going to eat a lot of food, making brachas properly and eating food b'ktusha. But that's a way of bringing chesed to the world. The other approach of the other tzaddik is that very often he has a friend that's taking care of that part. But the problem is there's dinim, there's, there's, there's blockages along the way. There's the sudden 
prosecuting the Jewish people, stopping all that chesed from coming. There's a, there's a roadblock along the way. So the chesed, wagons of Parnassus coming to the world, but the sudden is setting up roadblocks and stopping it. So you could just keep on bringing more wagon loads of Parnassa, but Lamaisa, someone's got to take care of those roadblocks. So then you have another tzaddik that what he does is the opposite. He punishes himself. He punishes himself. He fasts. He afflicts himself. And by afflicting himself, he's taking upon himself, some, he's going to be the Tibon. He'll be the Tibon. Sake, I'll be my, the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. I'll be Yisrael Azazel. Let all that dinim manifest and express itself on me in this way of me punishing myself on behalf of the Jewish people. And then all the Shefa can come to everyone else. That's what the tzaddik will do. So sometimes the tzaddik will do that for himself, and sometimes when he sees that it's not working, so he might do that for other people. So that tzaddik might, might uh, yell and scream at people that come to him. And again, we have stories like this, as we'll see in a moment. There are stories like this of where people that would come to tzaddikim for brachas, for inyanim that they need, and instead of, instead of the tzaddik giving brachas, the tzaddik mamish yells and screams at them, and even gives them curses. And somehow, that works. Well, the way that's happening is, is because you need a tzaddik. It's all about uh, bringing shefa to the person's life. But some, there's two parts of that process. You have to bring the wagon loads of shefa, and you've got to get rid of the roadblock. So the way you get, bring the shefa is with words of encouragement and love and ahava. But the way to get rid of the roadblock sometimes is by saying words that are stark. And by, by making that person feel for a minute of... Uh, embarrassed or upset or guilty, and then all of a sudden, that li- that's the little T-bone steak. Instead of this guy going through years of not having parnasa, let him feel a little bit embarrassed by being yelled at by a tzaddik, and that'll be the little T-bone steak to be Yitzhizayin, and that will, will, uh, will take away the, the, road, the roadblock. Again, obviously, we'll have to... St- it's not a simple thing to do. But take a look at Marmok number four again. Al Shnei Madregas Hatzadikim, two types of Hatzadikim. Yesh Tzadik Ha'ovid Hashem Yisparach Ben Urov. There's one type of Tzadik which serves Hashem for the time that he's young. Umam Shech Tamid Chasadim, and his focus is always bringing Chesed to the world. That's what he's focused on. The Yesh Tzadik, it's a little typo. The Yesh Tzadik, there's another Tzadik, Ha'Halich Begvuris, that he's also trying to bring Shefa to the world, but his approach, his 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 contribution to the process is with Gvura. Gvura means Toughness, meaning his his object his object his 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 uh, contribution is to remove the roadblocks, is to be the uh, to get, to give the sudden its due, to throw the T-bone steak so the dog can be distracted. Dahainu, what does he do? So when he when he when he when he sees that he's able to be the sacrifice himself, so that's what he'll take upon himself. He'll punish himself with with fasting, v'sigufim, alchazesnur for his own personal averus. And he'll, he'll do that, again, seeing himself as connected to everyone else. So by him punishing himself, it's as if everyone is sort of suffering along with him. And that'll remove the roadblocks for everyone else, if he's able to do that. By doing so, he breaks through the, the, the dean and the difficulties, the, bro, the roadblocks along the way. And he's able to soften, to sweeten the process. And then the other tzaddik that's bringing chesed to the world is able to get through. But tzaddik hazeh, this type of tzaddik who what, who is removing these roadblocks, poil tikan hashchina, begolus is doing unbelievable things for the divine presence in golus. Because sometimes when, you know, if you, in other words, if you had to break it down, you could say the following thing, is that the tzaddik whose approach is purely of bringing chesed, that's a tzaddik that's more oriented towards a Meshech ben David type. Very often, I've mentioned this, that tzaddikim sort of fall into two categories. You have your Yosef of the world, and you have your Yehudas of the world. You have, Yehuda always is about absolute redemption. Absolute redemption. Redemption is chesed. Redemption is actually bringing the light of redemption to the world. And then you have tzaddikim, that their focus, their idea, their nature is more Yosef. What is Yosef? Yosef is about surviving in exile. Surviving. And surviving in exile means making the best of a difficult situation. And a difficult situation is that you're being chased by a dog. See, the Yehudas of the world don't want to even acknowledge the fact that they're being chased by a dog. The objective is, we shouldn't, we shouldn't accept any dogs chasing us. Chesed, chesed, chesed. That's Yehuda. Yosef, however, is in Mitzrayim, and he's doing the best he can in Mitzrayim. And the situation is difficult, and sometimes to make the best of the situation is to throw a T-bone stick to the and to distract it. Aye, then you lose a T-bone stick. Aye, then there's some level of difficulty that you still have to handle. 
Kacha, that's the Metzius of Galos. So there's one approach of a tzaddik, which is to try to bring absolute redemption. That's Yehuda, that's more Meshech ben David. And there's another tzaddik who's trying to alleviate some of the difficulty of Galos itself. Paving the way for Gula, that's paving the way for Yehuda to come with the knight in shining armor and to, and to rescue the princess. But, you ha- but until he comes... You have to be able to function until that gula takes place, or you have to make room for that gula, right? So you need the people to sort of make that make the path for the redemption to come. So the actual tzaddikim that are bringing the redemption, so to speak, are the ones bringing chesed to that person's life. And there's this person, let's put it this way, like this person's in a state of exile. This exile in this person's life might be that he doesn't have pranasa. So that's his exile. So the objective is to bring redemption to him. What does it mean, redemption? It means that he should have pranasa. So there are some tzaddikim that their objective is going to be on the redemptive side, to literally be the ones through which parnasa, which is redemption, comes to this person's life. But then, in order, but in order for that to happen, you need the yeshvat tzaddik preparing the way. You need the yeshvat tzaddik allowing uh, that process to be possible. And the way, t- and those tzaddikim are going to be engaging in the exile of saying, "Listen, yes, right now there's an exile that he's going through, which means no parnasa." And, and, my, and says the Yeshua Tzaddik, I can't get rid of that. What I'm going to do, though, is, is somehow um, make a T-bone steak out of it. I'm going to, you know, again, uh, I'll, 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 I'll inflict my, I'll fast one day. I'll take away my parnasa, so to speak, for one day on his behalf. And hopefully that'll alleviate the difficulty. It'll soften the golas. It'll soften the, the prosecution against this guy, allowing the Yehudas of the world to bring in parnasa. And if I can't do that myself, then maybe the tzaddik will go to the next step of, of, uh, of giving this guy a little slap and making this guy feel a little, you know, making him feel guilty about something. And that's another way of, 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 of giving expression to those difficulties, thus allowing the Yehudis to come and save the day. And there's a partnership between these two tzaddik, and that's what Rabbi Melch is, is talking about over here. Now take a look at the, the other side of the page, okay? A couple stories of tzaddikim that would do this. Again, this is why I'm saying that, you know, you ha- this is not halach lamaisa, right? Because, you know, uh, you know, you know, God forbid a person, you know, does something not nice or says something, makes another Jew feel bad, and you can just say, oh, listen, I'm, I'm just trying to be mamtik dinam, I'm trying to soften judgments on that person, you know, Okay, meanwhile, God knows the truth, right? So the, the, we have to just try to help other yidin. But, as I said, if hal- sometimes halacha dictates that you have to be stark. So if a guy, you know, there's, there is a mitzvah of giving mustard to someone. If it's going to work, there's, there's stipulations about how to give rebuke. But under the right circumstances, there is a mitzvah of giving rebuke. What's the mentality that you should be having when halacha dictates that you have to be a little bit tough with a person? So the answer is, that's what we're learning right now, is that when the situation arises where you have to be tough with someone, whether it be a parent to a child, whether it be one friend to another, whether it be a rebbe with students, you name it, sometimes the situation demands, the, the Torah says that you have to be stark. So then the question is, what about everything we've been learning about in this year, where there's a bond between the soul and connection and love, and I'm just talking to myself, well, if I'm just talking to myself, then I don't want to speak harshly. The answer is that that... It's all about bonding. It's all about ahav. It's all about bringing the person up, raising the person up. Mm-hmm. And when you have to say harsh words, the kavana is this approach. That the Rabbanu Shalom, although this person is now going to suffer a little bit from the harshness of my words, let that be the T-bone stake allowing the, per, the shefa and the bracha to enter into this guy's life. If a person, chas v'shalom, however, says those harsh words with just stam being judgmental and being harsh, uh, then you're just one of the old Magidim of pre-Bal Shem. The, the Avaid is that some, you have to be the Tzaddik. So sometimes the Tzaddik is the Yehuda type of bringing Chesed, and sometimes he's the Yosef type, mitigating the Dinim and actually punishing the guy, but, but by punishing him, the, the, the difficulties which were hanging over this guy's head, which were much bigger and long-term, is now being fulfilled and satisfied by this little punishment that you're giving this guy by saying harsh words. Again, all dictated by halacha, when to rebuke, when not to rebuke. But when the situation arises to give the rebuke, this is the kavan. You are functioning as the tzaddik of, uh, of these stories that we're about to read. Okay, so I, the, print, the, sm- the print is a little bit small, but in the top page... Each tzaddik, like, act in the other type of character. 100%. 
the way the Nomenach put it is as if these are like two separate people. But every tzaddik sort of has both a Yehuda and a Yosef quality. Although we do find that there were a certain tzaddikim that certainly generally tilted to one of the two options. But you're right. Uh, you know, a person has to be both a Yehuda and a Yosef very often. Very often. And you, and you can and you should. So if you take a look at the, the first, uh, the first uh, the top paragraph, happens to be this is a mice from a tzaddik whose yard site is tonight. So that's why when, uh, you, know, you know, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, I have to give this share tonight, you know, for sure. So it's a, if you take a look like this, Shmati Goyen, Benon Shal Kedoshim, Rab Simcha Rubin Shlita, okay? This is from a sefer, Zechorin um, Lovrach. Um, it's a sefer, it's a, it's, a, it's a very nice sefer. It goes through the days of the year and going through the different yard sites that's a deacon each day, Maisem, some Torahs. So, the story goes like this. This is recorded from a person named Reb Simcha Rubin, Shashama Mi'aviv, Harav Goyen Reb Lazarzal, who heard from his father. Sharav HaKadosh Reb Moshe Seifer Mi'chavarsk. It was one of the tzaddikim. Reb Moshe Seifer Mi'chavarsk was Baal Machaber Seifer Arpne Moshe. He was a Talmud, a chassid of the Neumil Melech, and his yard site is tonight. So the following story. Hayapam al yom ha'achreinu de Sukkis b'lezhensk. It's a Rav Kodesh Rav Melech Zal. So one time, one year, at the end of Sukkis, this Ramosha Mipavarsk found himself by in Lezhensk by the Rebbe Melech. For Rav Kodesh Rav Melech Zal, and as it was the way the Rav Melech was davening in his personal room, Ubishmi Atzeres, and uh, it was a strange thing, but on Shmi Atzeres, Tziva, Sheichavdus, Rav Kodesh Mipavarsk, Zal Lashir Al Hakol Yisgado. So comes from Yatzeres. The Rebbe Melech tells the Gaboyim to to give a kibud to this Ramosha Seifer to daven for the Yomid. Now the Hayoyish Rav Kadosh Mipavarsk Loi Hayeklal Bal Menagin. Since now this Ramosha was not a singer at all, he did not have a particularly good voice. So Seer, so he 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 respectfully declined the kibud of daven for the Yomid. The Chaim Pamsheni, but the Rebbe Melech offered him again, and still he turned it out again. And the rest of Yontif, the whole rest of Yontif, the Rav Melech looked at him with a, with a scowl in a very angry way, and it was obvious. He, he was like, you know, the Melech was smiling to everyone, and when he, got to, when he made eye contact with this Rav Moshe, he would frown at him. So it, um, that's what he did. And this Rav Moshe felt very bad. The whole Yontif was ruined because. I, you know, he was put in an uncomfortable position. He, he's not a Balmanagin, and he had to say no. He would have embarrassed himself in front of the whole shul. And now Ramelch is giving him dirty looks the whole Yontif. His whole Yontif was, was ruined from this. Umatza Yontif, Now, after Yontif was over, he wanted to go into Yechidis uh, by the Rebbe Melech um, to, you know, to give Shalom, to say goodbye. And not only did Ramelch give him, you know, ne, you know, uh, bad looks, the whole Yontif, even when he wanted to give Sholem, Rabbi Melech refused to accept him. But the rule was, unless you got Sholem from the Rebbe, you weren't able to leave. So he had no choice but to stay there a few days. And the whole time that he's staying there, day after day, he's not being allowed entrance into, uh, into Yechidus by the Rebbe Melech to, be, to, you know, to give Sholem and, uh, and to take leave. Fine. Now, at some point, you have no choice. So he left, he went home. Without saying goodbye to the Rebbe Melech, and this also compounded how how depressed he was. It was it, his yontif was ruined. Now it's known that this tzaddik Ramosha, son tzaddikim Katsil Yonavi, this tzaddik was always visited by the Al Shachakadish. Okay, Now this is ready a few months later. When it comes to Chanukah, Gil Leha Al Sheikh. The Al Sheikh HaKadosh Neshama came to this Ramayish and told him, now it's time for you to go back to Lezhensk, to the Rebbe. Ugushagiyah Shama, so he listened. So this Ramayish travels back to Lezhensk. Kodmei Rabbi, HaRav HaKadosh Merle Melech, Zal B'Panem Asbiris. Shalom Aleichem. So now all of a sudden the Rebbe Melech is smiling at him, giving him Shalom Aleichem. Unzer HaMayisha, Shalom Aleichem, HaRav Maisha, like, unbelievable. So what's, so what's going on? Why the change? So Vagil like, so Ramelech explained to him, Shabashmini Atzeres, that when it came to Yontif and Shmini Atzeres, Ra Eze Inyan Olav. 
The Ramel saw on this Ramaisha a prosecution. He saw some difficulty hanging over this guy's head from the Stama from Rashanim Kippur. The Ratzel Hamtikai, and the Rebbe Melech wanted to sweeten, to, to soften, to throw the T-bone to the, to the Sitrach Rahau by giving him the cover of diving for the Ahmed and embarrassing himself by not doing a good job. That's what the Rebbe Melech wanted to happen. The Kivan Shani Yochel, and since he's not a good Chazan, everyone's going to laugh at him, he's going to embarrass himself, and that would have been better than whatever prosecution is hanging over this guy's head. Ubezayuntak, and that's what have, that would have sweetened the difficulty. But since he refused to daven for the Ahmed, so then we had to go to plan B. Plan B was, I had to ruin the rest of Yontav by scowling at you, by, making you by, by, by looking as if I was upset at you, embarrassing you from other people, not giving you entrance into my room. This was all to soften the dinim that were hanging over the person. And that was enough to soften it. And now we're back to being friends, because we always were. It was just a matter of softening it. It's a Another story. Take a look at the next paragraph. This is a Misa from Rebarach Mezhevish. Rebarach Mezhevish was also well known to be someone very, very stark. If the Barditchever, you know, for example, the Barditchever was a tzaddik that was kulei chesed. It was all about bringing chesed to the world. Always, you know, the, all the famous stories, you know, the guys outside, you know, oiling the wheels of his wagon, wearing tefillin. So the Barditchever says, oh, look how great the Jewish people are. Even when they're oiling their wagon, they have to wear tefillin. Right, these types of stories. He's always looking at the positive, always bringing chesed. And then a partner with that was Rebarach Mezhevish, who was always about being nasty and, 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 bringing, and, and, and making people feel guilty for their, for their affairs and so on. And that was a partner with Rebarach Mezhevish in terms of removing the roadblocks. So this is a Misa from Rebarach. So he says like this in the next uh, paragraph. Pamachas. So one time Rabbi Baruch is sitting by a Suda. On one side of him he had uh, you know, a relative of his, Mechotan Rabbi Avram Daiv. Okay, he was the Rav of that particular city. The son-in-law of the Taldas Yaakov Yosef. Okay. Umitzarasheni on the other side of a barachol is Yashav Mechutanai Rav Kadosh Rav Yosef Miempola Zatzal another mechudin of his this Rav Yosef okay so Ben Rav Kadosh Rav Michal Mizlachev Zatzal who himself was the son of Rav Michal Mizlachev okay the kids are uh, confusing names you have a barachol sitting by Suda flanked by uh, by relatives of his fine Obola Bayis Asherach now comes into the into the house a particularly wealthy person one one wealthy person. And Rabbarach, instead of giving him Shalom Aleichem, starts yelling and cursing and screaming at him. So what happens? So more that, then Rabbarach commands the Gaboyim, they should literally pick him up and throw him out of the house. The take if, so that's what they did. So they literally pushed him out of the door. Now it happens to be right outside the house, there was a big puddle of mud and and garbage. The They literally pushed him out of the house, and the guy tripped and fell into this big pile of uh, of garbage. For um, so that was the that's what happened without any reason. So the the the, the, his, the, the relative on one side, Ravram Daiv, turns to Rabbarachol and says, "Manasim Hagemar, Malvin Penechaver Barabim." Rabbarachol, what are you doing? Doesn't the Gemara say that if if you embarrass another Jew in public? He doesn't end the statement. We know what the statement is. You embarrass another Jew in public, you don't have a portion of the world to come. So how can you do such a thing? So, So, Rabarachal responds, and he says, So, uh, clever, you know, you're ready at Talmud Chacham, he says in a, in a, you know, in a, in a, in a stark way. So finish the statement, you know, you embarrass another Jew, finish it yourself. You don't have a portion of the world to come. So what Rebarachal explains, he says like this, I see when this guy walked in that there's dinim, there's judgments hanging over this guy's head. And by me embarrassing him, I took away those dinim. It's kedai for me to give up my olam haba to save this guy from the dinim that's hanging over his head. So you're right that by embarrassing another Jew, I lose everything. But it's kedai because by me losing everything, at least this guy doesn't have those judgments anymore. That's a barachol. So and then the, the mechudin responds, "Okay, I didn't know. Sorry, I didn't know." 
So of Amr Elo Rav Kadosh Rav Yosef. So the other Mechodin tells him he says Gamli I Kasha. Rav I also have the same Kasha as you. How could he do such a thing to embarrass another Jew? But I know not to ask Kasha or Baruchel. He knows what he's doing. That's the that's the Ma'aseh. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah, Rav Shem We start with a question. Rav Shem privately, secretly says every Yid is fulfilling with the Talmud Torah. Everyone's fine. You're saying Krishna in the morning, Krishna at night. You're fine. But that's but don't tell anyone. Says Rabbi Yechonah, don't tell anyone. Says Rabbi Shemichai, don't tell anyone. On the outside, yelling and screaming. How could you not learn? You have to learn every single day, every single moment. If you don't, then you're not feeling a mitzvah. It's terrible. You should feel guilty like that. Every farm that he looks at is consumed in fire. Rabbi Chai was a tzaddik of that world of Yosef HaTzaddik. Rabbi Chai, we find this in the Zara Kaddish in many, many places. Rabbi Chai. In, in, uh, for example, in the in the song of Bar Yechai, we say uh, one of the one of the stanzas is Shalaf Tachabucha Neged Tzarecha that you you took you 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 took out your sword from its sheath against your enemy. Rishon Bar Yechai, the Indian of Rishon Bar Yechai, was to reveal secrets of Torah in a way that's fighting against the other side. That was his way, and therefore the way of Rishon Bar Yechai, of of course. On the inside, it's all about ahav. It's all about closeness. It's all about just like Baruch Hamajavish. I'm trying to save this guy. I'm trying to save this guy, and I'm willing to sacrifice my olam haba for it. But the way of Rishon Baruchai on the outside was like Baruch Hamajavish. That he's he's making you know he's 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 uh, giving little slaps here and there. Why? For the purposes of 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 uh, of taking off the judgments that are hanging over these people. Take a look at Marmokah number five on the other side of the page. This is a Gemara Ma'it Kadim. Right? You'll see it clearly with Rishon Baruchai. The Gemara says in Ma'isa, Pam Acheres Amrle Levrei. The Gemara says that uh, it's a long story, but the Gemara says that Rishon Rechlei once said to his son Rabbi Lazar, "Anoshim Halolu, these particular Tamidim of mine that that were learning by him, but then they went home. These particular people, Anshet Surahim, these are Chashv Yidden, Zil Gabei Haindilavarchuch. Go get a bracha from them. That's what." Rishon Baruch because Rishon Baruch is telling his son to travel to a particular Yidin to get a bracha from them. Okay, so the Gemara says Rabbi travels to these people, Amru and they say to him, "This is the bracha that they give. Yehirava, it should be the will of Hashem. The tizravalei tachza, that you should plant and not harvest. You plant and not harvest. Tile, you should go in. Vloitepa, you shouldn't come out. Tepa, vloitai, you should go out but not go in. Lichra beisech, your house should be destroyed." And you should remain as a guest because your house is destroyed. Your bread should be, should be confused. You should struggle with Parnassa. And you shouldn't see the new year. That's, this is the brachas that these people gave uh, Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Lezer Rabbi Shimon returns to his father. And he says to his father, Not only did they not give me a bracha, and they gave me tzaris. They gave me tzaris. Amr so this is what Shem says to his son, no, no, no. Hanach kulu berchasen, those are all brachas. Those are all brachas, how so? So now he touches each one as a bracha. Tizr v'leitachtzad, when they said, you should sow but not reap. What does that mean? It means toilet bonnet. It means that you should have children. V'lo and they shouldn't die. In other words, sow and not undo that sowing. In other words, you should have children, they should continue. When, he, when they said, tayev leitachtzad, go in but don't go out, it means... Tail Kalsa Vilayumusabanach. It means that you should you should marry off your son. You should have a daughter-in-law. And in those days the daughter-in-law would move in to the Hassan's family's you know, neighborhood and so on. So you should bring in, you know, should bring in a daughter-in-law, and your son should live a long life, and you should never have your daughter-in-law move back home. So you should bring in and don't go out. And tefuk when they said the opposite, go out and don't bring in, it means toilet binsa It means that your daughter should get married and she should go out and they shouldn't ever get divorced or or widowed where she'll have to come back home. So that was the that was what they meant. The next thing that they said was your house should be destroyed and you should remain as a guest somewhere. It means it means that you should have a long life in this world. Why? Because this world is transient. This world that you're a guest. In the next world, that's when you're really living. That's where your home is. You should be a guest and not be home. You should have a long life here. 
you should have difficulty with Parnas. What does that mean? You should have many children and you should have to work hard to support a big family. It's not a bad thing. You shouldn't see a new year. It means that you shouldn't be widowed. Your wife should live. You shouldn't have to marry a new wife and have a new Shana Rijayna. That's what they meant. So all these things that they said as curses, says Rishon they're all blessings. So let me ask Akasha. So why do they have to make this whole uh, weird game? So say the blessings straight. No, they have to say it in cursing. And Rishon has to come and decipher what the blessings are. The answer is that clearly they saw over Belazar every single one. They saw Dinim. They saw these issues over hanging over Belazar's head. And by them saying it, giving him blessings, but saying it in a way that Rabbi Lezer heard it as a curse, and feeling terrible, and feeling, oh my gosh, I was just cursed by a big tzaddik, all these things, that, that the, the tsar that he felt by seemingly being cursed by them was the way to mitigate those dinah. And then by the time that he got, you know, now that he uh, felt that, that distress from being cursed, that uh, actually took away those, those difficulties, those curses, and allowed the brachas to flow into the person's life. I know this, what we're seeing, this is the, this is the way of Hashem Reichai. This is the way of Hashem Reichai. <clears throat> now, one last piece of the puzzle was Rava, right? Remember the Gemara in Menachas, right? So Hashem Reichai and Rabbi Yechanan, by the way, Rabbi Yechanan also, Rabbi Yechanan is also a, 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 a tzaddik that's from the world of Yosef. The Gemara says in a few places that Rabbi Yochanan himself said that he is a descendant of Yosef Tzaddik. Rabbi Yochanan was handsome, just like Yosef was. Rabbi Yochanan, Rishim Reichai, these are tzaddikim from the world of Yosef Tzaddik. And because of that, the Yosef Tzaddiks of the world are going to be tzaddikim, that their objective is to try to mitigate dinim, to try to throw the T-bone stakes. You have no choice but to, but to deal with the fact that that there's dinim in the world, that there's dogs chasing you, so the, let's at least try to mitigate and to, and to diminish the difficulty by throwing the t-bone stake and allowing the dinim to manifest in that particular way, allowing the brachas to come in a different way. So Rishim Reichai, Rabbi Yechanan, therefore they're of the opinion, and, that, and they're, they're, it's, not a, it's not a halachic debate. This is a, a, a way that's coming because this is the root of their neshama, this is their avodah, as the Mashiach ben Yosef of the world, to try to remove the roadblocks. Rava was not like that. Rava, the nature of Rava's neshama, Rava was more of a tzaddik from the world of Yehuda. We find this in many places, that, that Abaya versus Rava, Abaya versus Rava, Abaya was also a tzaddik from the world of Yosef, a tzaddik from, the, from that world of Yosef. That's why Abaya was orphaned, just like Yosef, a tzaddik was on some level orphaned. His mother, he was orphaned from his mother, and even his father, he was estranged for 24 years. So on some level, just like Abaya didn't have parents, Yosef didn't have parents in Mitzrayim. This is why we find also with Abaya that very often you have this, it's a very unique thing with Abaya that we do find this statement in the Gemara of Layat Allah Abaya, that Abaya would curse. Cursed be the person that doesn't follow my halacha. That's what Abaya would say very often. He would say a certain halacha and he would say, Cursed be a person that doesn't follow this. Such a thing. Because the way of the, of, of, of the Yeshua Tzaviks of the world is to, is to be like that. It's like Rabbi Baruch Mezhebish, to curse. But his cursing is not is not the chas to, to bring dinim on the person, it's to mitigate dinim, it's to give whatever difficulties hang over that person's life, it should be expressed in this small way. That's light Allah Abayah. This is why the way of Abayah, his style of learning, I, I talked about this once before, that the style of Abayah in learning is, is more dinim, it's more uh, hair splitting. It's more hair splitting, which is much more taking something that's simple and breaking it down into a million pieces. That's that type of mind that takes something and cuts it into a million pieces, that's more of a, that's tzaddik, that's more din-oriented, you understand? It's more din-oriented. Rav is the opposite of this. If Abaya is the Yosef of the world, Rava is more of the Yehudas of the world. Rav, even the word Rava comes from, is Rosh Tevis, I put my hands, I put my life in your hands. That's Yehuda. Yehuda is Yudke Vavke. It's the name of Hashem with the letter Dal, which means empty. The Yehuda means, Brother Shalom, I have nothing. I'm completely in your hands. It's David Melech. Rav is Raja Tevis. Ruchi. The word Rav also is the same letters as Be'er, which means a spring, a wellspring of water. That's 
it's not uh, it's not uh, Yosef who runs away from the ocean. It's uh, it's more Yehuda that Nachshon another jumps into the water. That's that's Rava. Therefore, if Rava, if Abai is hair splitting, Rava is more pushit. Rava is more straightforward halacha without the complexity of of Abai. If you take a look at Maramukah number six. There's a Gemara Babasra that actually spells this out. The Gemara says, Adagmargmisu Garmi Beirava, before you chew up the bones of a particular Torah topic in the Yeshiva of Rava, Achlu Bishashmena Be uh, in Abai, I'm sorry, Achlu Bishashmena Beirava, eat fatty meat by Rava. In other words, Abai's Bismajj was hair splitting and chewing bones, you know? And Rava is where they would eat. They would eat. You have to amass knowledge, information, keep on going, learning more and more and more. It's more chesed oriented. It's more chesed oriented. So let's go back. Rabbi Yechanan and Rishim Barichai, and even Abaya, by the way, because if you remember, in the first paragraph, the first Marmokam, Abaya at the end was the one that said, everyone should, really the way it should be is like Rishim Barichai, of everyone learning 24 hours a day. We're not holding by such a thing. So even Abaya is sort of, you know, enhancing that feeling of guilt by saying, we're not Matzliach, Yechidim Kedu, but not the Rabbim. Yeah? So that's the way of Abaya. Rava says, no, 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 Mitzvah and Rafi Amaris, we have to tell everyone the opposite. You have to tell everyone that they're Mekayim and Mitzvah by saying Krishma in the morning and Krishma in the evening, because that's the way of Rava, which is the Tzaddik of Yehuda, of bringing Chesed into the world. And that's ultimately the idea over here. So we should be Zaycha that, you know, all Dinim should be removed and uh, all Chesed should be able to make its way into the world. But that's the, that's the, when you, when you find this uh, way of, of, of difficulties from a Tzaddik or Techacha, this is what's going on.